0: In five, four, three, two. I really enjoyed you guys doing that together on the last one. Oh it was yes. very, <laughs> <laughs> it's very fun. Should start from 50. Yeah. It <laughs> 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 really, really let the audience. L- l- oh, I just, just feel build like. Build the tension behind yeah. the process. Just in just like 50. 49.
1: 49 <laughs> 48.
0: How,
2: like, like, awesome. how, to, how to succeed in business mostly by lying.
1: In 1000, 999, <laughs> 998, there's a, there's 997 a week long timer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. When to next
2: gross year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, before Yogi starts count down for this episode, we start counting down for the next episode. <laughs> 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 All
3: right. I should probably just start from five, though.
1: I think we disproportionately
3: stop wipes too much.
1: I taught those kids lessons on product development and marketing and they taught me what it was like growing up feeling targeted for your race.
2: I am proud to be gay. I am proud to be a Republican.
3: You know I went to a tough school in Queens and they used to beat
1: up the little Jewish boys. You know I love having the support of real billionaires. In four, three, two, one. Hello, welcome back to Grubstakers, the podcast about billionaires. Sean P. McCarthy here, joined as always by my friends, Yogi Poliwalt, Steve Jeffers, Andy Palmer. And uh, we got a very special episode for you uh, this week. We're taking a look at uh, Ananda Krishnan as another billionaire who is um, uh, also involved in the uh, 1MDB scandal in Malaysia that we talked about uh, last week uh, because we read this book, Billion Dollar Whale. We did our previous episode on it. And if, if we're going to read an entire book, we should get at least two episodes out of it. I, I think, think so. Mm-hmm. But
0: first,
2: we want to send yes. our condolences to the Carlisle Group for losing their employee <laughs> of the month. <laughs>
1: Yes, uh, just uh, yesterday we we received the tragic news that former President George H.W. Bush was thrown out of his baby incubator by Saddam Hussein's forces. That's right, that's right. And he uh, is uh, is no longer with us, he has passed away. He is
2: squeezing angels' asses in his heavenly mobility scooter.
0: (laughs) They've got scooters up there, they can't get the legs fixed in heaven? Yeah, no, he's still shitting himself in heaven.
1: (laughs) George H.W. Bush gets to hell and he goes, hey, where's Noriega? And they point upwards. <laughs> <laughs> Noriega was a saint.
2: <laughs> Noriega and Saddam are
1: both laughing at him from a cloud. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew God hated Kurds? <laughs> so- but, um, yeah, no, one like,
2: you have to look at the entirety <laughs> of a person's <laughs> life. And, you know, no one brought more
0: stability to yes. the Middle East. That's right. That's right.
1: St. <laughs> Peter's like arguing with George H.W. Bush, like, look, if Saddam was there, there would be no ISIS. <laughs> so you're going to hell and he's staying here. Uh- uh, but yeah, no, we're all looking forward to the uh, the think pieces Like just the, the, this morning on the radio I heard some tribute that talk about Like his uh, inspiring work on the civil rights legislation For the disabled, the oh. Americans with Disability Act Oh, so really? I am interested in uh, seeing how much of that woke take gets going Yeah, yeah That George H.W. Bush was our first president To, to truly fight for the no, disabled I can't
0: wait till his holograms touring Coachella first, then Lollapalooza <laughs> Let's get H.W. out there
2: It'll be the first hologram to uh, grope staffers, (laughs) (laughs)
0: but not the last.
1: (laughs) To uh, (laughs) truly work for uh, the disabled uh, (laughs) that were made by the Contras. (laughs) 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 Um, But yes, uh, I guess uh, RIP to uh, George H.W. Bush, Um, but uh, this week we're here to talk about Ananda Krishnan, and Ananda Krishnan um, is a Malaysian billionaire and not actually... A love interest from an Austin Powers movie. What? what? <laughs> uh, I I just thought that was interesting. He's got an interesting name from my white Western perspective.
0: Yeah, that sounds about yeah, right. But what sex act is that? <laughs>
1: Ananda Krishnan.
0: Do you know his, his first name? Mm-hmm. The T. Do you know what that? Oh is?
1: yeah, yeah. What is the deal with that? I kept seeing that. So
0: apparently Krishnan, it's like a patriotic patriarchal. P a t r c i o c a h something something, mm-hmm. uh, and so that last name is his dad's first name. Mm-hmm. It's an, it's like it's what it, it's what like a true surname is. I think. Does that make any sense at all? No one's got anything to say about what I just said. I got, I got literally nothing. I got fucking six eyeballs saying nothing to me.
2: I'm still trying to figure out what sack sack that is. Me <laughs> too, actually.
0: <laughs> but he goes by Tack.
2: Goes, I'm Ananda Krishnan, Roger Marcos. well, maybe later, and straightens his tie and walks away.
1: <laughs> Ananda Krishnan is when you don't do missionary position, because <laughs> you're not a Christian. Oh, there we are. Nice. Well, um, but so, I do want to say, just up top, before we kind of get into the, the meat of the episode, uh, we, we've done 40-some episodes. Uh, I think we can all safely say there has never been an episode about a guy that was harder to do research on than a non Yeah,
0: there's not much more of a lower profile billionaire than this cat.
1: Which is interesting, like, just doing research because, like, the longer I Google with, like, no result, the more nervous I get. <laughs> the more I'm like, yeah, I'm not supposed to see any of this. <laughs> like, my life is in danger the deeper I am going into right, Google. Right, right,
3: Joe well, uh, the same picture with, uh, Joe Lo, we actually had to take It takes some steps. I've been married long time ago.
2: Where did you- uh, We found the perfect drop for Joe Lowe a week too late. Speaking of which,
1: uh, Joelo.com. Where did J- you?: go? Right. Where did you come <laughs> from Cajo? Right, wait a minute. joe a is Joe Lo's official website. Where he t- he's going to he's released one statement, but he's going to offer the truth about what really happened to one MDB there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there is a contact form, and I would just like to say that Grubstakers Podcast has reached out to get Joe Lowe as a guest on a future episode. That's right, mm-hmm. and we will update you, the listener. Unfortunately,
2: he's not going to reply unless you email Fat Eric. <laughs> <laughs> that was a running thing in his his book is that he's got a friend named Fat Eric. That everyone calls him Fat Eric and he will use him he he emails people as Fat Eric um, on his like email account just so he can hide himself. Wait, right? really? Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I didn't read this book that uh, all of us are talking about, but uh I love this Fat Eric play. This is great. Yeah. Cause you know there must have been a thin Eric who's like, thank God I'm not a Fat Eric. <laughs> well, we had to it was pretty great. We
3: had to take the extreme step of buying one book in order to <laughs> talk about Joel. <Jolo.
2: laughs> Did you come from where did you go where did you come from
1: joe. but yes uh, fat eric he kept like pretending to be fat eric and fat eric would like sign off on this while like joe Lo would keep doing things as fa- fat eric that were like extremely criminal <laughs> <laughs> so Fat eric was just like unknowingly exposing himself to serious legal danger <laughs> by allowing joe Lo to use his name for all of his fraudulent <laughs> transactions yeah, that's fucking great
2: yeah yeah basically if you're like a friend or a cousin of a billionaire, your name's going to be on 30 different <laughs> LLCs buying <laughs> up property in Midtown.
1: Um, but so just a, a one quote from Ananda Krishnan, who uh, this kind of illustrates the, the problem. We said... Uh, Uh, He says, quote, I have heard some people say I have a low profile. Why should somebody be high profile anyway? I am just doing my job. And that's a quote from the Sydney Morning Herald. They quoted it from some other interview he did. But the point is, essentially, this guy is, according to Forbes, as of right now, he's worth about 5.4 billion U.S. dollars. He was worth about 10 billion at one point. Mm -hmm. But he had a disastrous investment in India with criminal allegations that we'll, we'll get back to in a second. But Hey, read that quote you just did of his, but as a mob boss. (laughs) (laughs) I've heard some people say I have a low profile. Why should somebody be high profile anyways? I'm just doing my job.
0: (laughs) (laughs) As you hear gunshots in the background.
1: (laughs) But I mean, yeah, it's like, and so we'll kind of get into it. Like eventually you do enough research and I found a couple sources. He became a billionaire entirely through contacts with the Malaysian state Mm -hmm. that are all like, you know, graft, uh, certainly unethical if not outright illegal in many cases so it's like of course you'd probably keep a low profile if if you're smart and you're engaging in criminal activity because you know the actually smart criminals are the ones we don't hear about right right that's always an interesting thing to me is like people assume like criminals are like dumb you know because you like hear about like what El Chapo getting caught because right. he wants to fuck some uh, soap opera actress or something mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it's like no the, the, the very smart criminals don't have Wikipedia articles <laughs> they're just there right and uh, if anyone from the Sinaloa is listening, I am not <laughs> impugning the <laughs> intelligence of El Chapo, and will be happy. I think I think you are, to, Sean. so Security episode. number seven eight two. <laughs> <laughs> Please do not cut me limb from limb with a chainsaw. <laughs> or <laughs> uh, that would have been. It.
2: Um, but That'd be a fun bonding activity for the rest of us. <laughs> Watching Sean get butchered <laughs> by the Sinaloa cartel. Hey, the <laughs> will be set up by then. <laughs> yeah,
1: the man. other three members of the podcast update every week on which bo- <laughs> <laughs> which body parts of mine they have received in the mail. <laughs> well, we got Sean's pinky this week. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> this one's either his thumb or his cock. We're not sure yet. <laughs> You
2: have $10 on Patreon like, and you
1: too can have part of Sean. <laughs> you guys do like a GoFundMe to pay my ransom, but then just <laughs> launder it. <laughs> <laughs> just go on like a Joe Lowe fucking party <laughs> spree. <laughs> 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 um but, so, uh, the uh, getting back to the subject at hand, who will, uh, again, there's not as much information on this guy, but I've been able to put through, like, a basic biography. There's gaps about, like, where he got his capital from and these kinds of things. But uh, I think it's all pretty uh, damning and uh, indicative of corruption that he was able to uh, build his fortune. The, the The interesting thing is that if you listen to our previous episode, we talked about uh, this year in Malaysia, uh, a guy named uh, Mathahir Muhammad. Is a, a former prime minister of Malaysia who was just swept back into power. He was prime minister of Malaysia from 1981 to 2003, and because uh, uh, the previous prime minister Najib, who was uh, uh, so close to uh, Joe Low, extremely corrupt, uh, so this guy ran against him and was uh, swept to power in a landslide this year. Joe only lived once, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and so he's uh, you know elected to clean up the corruption in Malaysia, and we gotta have some bad news. Which is that the entire time this guy was prime minister from 1981 to 2003, uh, he was extremely corrupt. Oh, and, really? And really, the reason Ananda Krishnan became a billionaire was because he was extremely close to this prime minister, Ma- Ma- Mathaheer Muhammad.
0: They were lovers. And-
1: well, uh, Anandakrishnan Krishnan, um, in addition to they would go on vacation together, non Krishnan would actually watch his children. Anandakrishnan has you'll like... Be,
2: that's illegal in Malaysia, <laughs> just so you know. <laughs> to not watch people's children. <laughs> they, uh, gentlemen cannot be lovers. That's uh, If you do that, you will be thrown in jail, mm-hmm. and not just because you're an enemy of the Empower Political Party.
0: Well, you, everyone knows Malaysia translating Spanish is bad Asia.
1: I felt bad about my Austin Powers joke, but <laughs> now I feel okay about Good, it. Good, you should. All right, all right. But so, it's the only drop he's
0: played so far. We've got so many other drops, Andy.
2: Yeah, but I'm only 26 seconds into the song. <sighs> i got three minutes and 13 seconds left.
1: But... That's how drops work. (laughs) We'll we'll get back to the uh, the connection with Matahir Muhammad and how Mathahir Muhammad uh, helped Anandakrishnan Krishnan build his uh, multi-billion dollar fortune, but it is just an interesting thing where another thing we will get to is Anandakrishnan is in at least some way involved in the uh, 1MDB uh, scandal and fraud and theft of billions of dollars from the people of Malaysia that we talked about on the previous episode, but because this guy, Mahathir Muhammad, just came back into power and uh, has a very close relationship with Ananda Krishnan, Ananda Krishnan uh, vacations with him, he uh, uh, watched his kids, he would apparently like make his guest properties, He uh, Anandakrishnan has properties in like uh, Switzerland, France, and he would make these available to the children of uh, 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 Mahathir Muhammad right. as well as other uh, politicians in Malaysia. So it's like because of this close relationship, it's really an open question if they're gonna kind of sweep under the rug Ananda Krishnan's um, role in the 1MDB scandal. And then also, currently, there's it's really cute how they work together, though.
2: <laughs> like you can't be corrupt alone; you have to have friends.
0: No, of yeah. course you can't. There's no such thing as a lone wolf corrupter anymore. I mean, it's it's all about uh, collaboration.
2: Yeah, there's no That's such thing as a self-made billionaire. You gotta you gotta have connections to the prime minister to That's steal right. money from the people of yeah. the country,
0: and occasionally have
2: sex with them. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, actually, that Beatles song "Need a Little Help from My Friends" is actually about how to become a billionaire in Malaysia. <laughs> Yeah
2: as is that classic
1: song from where did you go? where did you come from <laughs> <laughs> God, <do>. all right <laughs> um but so we will uh, we will get back to that and then uh, as we i think we mentioned um uh, uh anandakrishnan has an arrest warrant for him from the government of India mm-hmm. uh but currently the pri- uh, both the previous and the current prime minister of Malaysia are protecting him from uh, being extradited for this
0: because they were lovers mm.
1: <laughs> And uh, so, just uh, quickly about Anand Krishnan, he uh, is the majority owner of Maxis Telecom, which is the largest telecom service provider in Malaysia. Um, he originally uh, uh, got his money through oil, but he's since diversified oil and gambling. He's an oil man? Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
3: he also made SimCity. He,
1: uh, <laughs> he drank he Just kidding, milk.
3: there's an air
0: company called Maxis. <laughs> oh, <well. laughs> I sure said, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's uh, a very... Wait, in- EA? He did The ch-
2: only company that makes
1: SimCity? <laughs> he did challenge everything. Uh, but yeah, so Maxis Telecom, the largest telecom service provider in Malaysia, so he like gets a lot of cell phone revenue, and this we'll get back to in India is where he tried to expand and uh, failed. But he also runs Astro, which is the first and only satellite TV provider in Malaysia. And again, this is where the... Uh, Uh, connection with the former uh, prime minister, Matha here, Mohammed comes in because he was able to get some government help to launch a satellite. uh, Ananda Krishnan was so, you know, when business and government work together, good things happen. But I just want to kind of start from the beginning and and what we know, again, there will be gaps. We know Ananda Krishnan was born 1938. um, And according to one thing I read, his grandparents were moved from Sri Lanka to Malaysia uh, by British colonial rulers because they were civil servants. So apparently, this is from the Sunday Times, uh, Jaffna in Sri Lanka produced some of the most educated people in the the country, uh, Sri Lanka. So according to the the Sunday Times, both of um, Ananda Krishnan's grandparents were moved to Malaysia by British colonial authorities in order that they could be civil servants uh, in Malaysia.
0: I don't know if the the Indian government's still trying to arrest this guy, Sean. All the reports I see are from like twenty sixteen, twenty seventeen, but um, I think some of them are like, no. I mean, like he's avoiding them. Mm-hmm. If he wasn't a billionaire, he would be arrested. But I think I mean, he, he's he's obviously fighting them. Well, and so we'll they call him an absconder, which is I love the like British influence in uh, India, me- Indian media.
1: Yeah. See, without colonial rule, we wouldn't have cool words like that. <laughs> yeah. British
0: education system. What are you gonna do? It does work,
1: but so according to this uh, report in the Sunday Times, uh, his uh, uh, both of his grandfathers and grandfathers were uh, brought from uh, uh, from Jaffna in Sri Lanka to be uh, work in the civil service for Malaysia, which is why his father, Ananda father, was a senior civil servant in the government of uh, Malaysia, and so Ananda was born 1938 in Brickfields in Kuala Lumpur. Uh, Which uh, apparently Brickfields is known as like a little India or a small India uh, within Kuala Lumpur It's like a an Indian area and uh, uh, Apparently he had a stutter as a child. No, I just grabbed that somewhere from Wikipedia. Really? Yeah Uh, the uh, uh, Malay language uh, Wikipedia But uh, so Malay if you will (laughs) Malay for the (laughs) layperson But uh, in some circles, (laughs) we know very little about his early life. You you would assume senior civil servant. He was probably upper middle class. Uh, But we do know he gets a scholarship to study at Melbourne University in uh, Australia. Um, And he was apparently there introduced to horses by his college mates. Apparently, the only sport he cares about is like horse racing, horse betting would later get a monopoly on horse racing within Malaysia from the government. Uh, but apparently all of his friends' fathers there bred horses in uh, his, his college at uh, Melbourne, Australia. And this is from NetworkMalaysia.com. And it is said his first business venture, while still a student at the university, was a small betting operation. Oh. He also worked at the radio station and edited the college paper.
0: Well, that's that's like exactly what his future holds. Media as well
1: as horses. <laughs> And uh, he took part. He also acted in a play, uh, including *The Merchant of Venice*, which is uh, where he learned about uh, the Shylock people. <laughs> I don't follow. <laughs> who are the Shylock
2: people? Sean? The w-
1: the ones who caused the Asian financial crisis, <laughs> such as Mr. George Soros.
2: The ones who will get a call before uh,
1: the Petronas Tower not <laughs> <laughs> happens. <laughs> He got the inspiration for that from the Merchant of Venice play. Um, And so basically he gets, you know, a BA with honors from Melbourne, and then he moves to Harvard Business School. He gets an MBA from Harvard um, in 1964 And again, we don't have much details on this, but we do know that it's at Harvard. He makes connections with the Saudi royal family or like somebody linked to the Saudi royal family, and this is how he's able to become an oil man, which is
2: where his first millions come from. By the way, there are like 2,000 Saudi princes. Uh, Just in case people are wondering like how hard it is to get in contact with a member of the Saudi (laughs) royal family, there's like 2,000 of them. They're not a rarefied group of people. They're all like descendants from the first... Saudi king, I'd say, or something like that, who was like four generations fucked. back, and they like crazy. So if you like get an crazy. email
3: from a Saudi prince, you don't don't just don't just delete it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, it's like the difficulty is figuring out which of them actually have any connection to power in Saudi Arabia, and which of them are just like just layabouts who like expect to be have everything paid by uh, people who want lucrative contracts with their government. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so, uh, I do want to quote, the, I did find a book called uh, Asian Godfathers uh, by Joe Studwell, and this kind of talks, is written in 2008, it talks about a few different uh, billionaires in Asia, and he does have the most... No, infra- Sean.
2: Yes. Uh, you know how you did a mob voice earlier? Yes.
1: Asian Godfathers. <laughs> we need you let's, to do the same thing. Let's hear you build on that. <laughs> yes, and the situation, Sean. mm <laughs> So, I, I got to do the, the Godfather voice, but racist Asian accent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I think so. Basically, that's exactly what I was telling
2: you
1: to do. Yeah. I'm going to throw this one off to Yogi. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen The Godfather, so this is all in you. Show. But I do want to, I want to quote from this uh, Asian Godfather's book here, because this kind of explains, again, this guy has the most information that I was able to find. <laughs> I make you an offer you can't refuse. (laughs) 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 Oh, God Almighty. Uh, I'm sorry. Anyways, so Krishna. You're not sorry. (laughs) This is literally everything you
0: ever dreamed of, Sean. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Sean, thousands of people want to hear your racist Asian godfather's impression. Come on. on, Don't want to make that countdown money, Sean.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh,. Krishnan at- obtained an MBA, this is again from the book. Krishnan at- obtained an MBA from Harvard and made his first millions in oil trading, leveraging Harvard Business School derived friendships with the Saudi royal family, as well as with S- Filipino politician Roberto I- Ongpin, and doing business with the regimes of Suharto in, in- Indonesia and Ferdinand Marcus in uh, the Philippines. Uh, Krishnan's whose first jobs were with international consultancies advised on the structuring of Malaysia's oil and gas industry and managed to forge lasting friendships with uh, both Tengku Hazma and arch rival Mathahir Muhammad. Uh, Under Mathahir, Krishnan received various streams of valuable government concessions for horse racing and numbers betting, mobile telephone, broadcasting and satellites, and uh, developed the Petronas Towers. Very long time ago where did you come from where did you go where did you come from I do? Right. so basically he makes these connections at uh harvard and then uh from what we know he sets up a consultancy company uh 1964 he moves back to malaysia sets up this consultancy company uh he runs a number of ventures with an australian mining engineer uh, who uh, founds a company called Minsect. But in 1968, uh, Ananda Krishnan sets up X Oil Trading, an oil trading company. And as just mentioned from the excerpt, he's uh, doing business with uh, Suharto in Indonesia, famously corrupt. Uh, same with uh, Ferdinand Marcus in the Philippines, also famously corrupt. Uh, so he's has experience dealing with corrupt regimes that expect kickbacks and these kinds of things. And it's during this time he meets, and uh, in the 60s and through the 70s, he has a clo- he's a close friend and business partner of Tangku uh, Hamza, who would become the finance minister of Malaysia in the 70s. And through uh, Tangku uh, Hamza, he meets Mathahir Mohamed who would go on to become the prime minister. He meets Mathihir Muhammad through him in the 1970s. And these two would become political rivals later, but uh, Ananda Krishnan is smart. He manages to stay close to both of them. Mm -hmm. As we mentioned, he watches Mathihir Muhammad's kids at various points. He takes holidays with both of them. And interestingly, these two have like a falling out. They become political rivals. But then Ananda Krishnan makes them squash the beef. In 1996, they both meet at his house to sit down and work things out, and they come back to the same political party after splitting previously. So this is a guy who, like, very much has close connections to the government of Malaysia uh, through the finance minister and later through the uh, prime minister.
0: Who he's making love to.
1: Yes. And so he becomes a millionaire off oil money. As we mentioned, like, there's very little detail about where he got the startup capital uh, what his early business operations were but we know he was dealing with these two corrupt regimes we just mentioned you know what I think it was what mm-hmm. pure hard work?
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, he worked really hard mm-hmm and uh, paid off
0: I mean, this is how I found the billionaires really seem to accomplish most of their goals the work they do They do it hard. Yeah
1: Work hard <laughs> for hard. That's what separates them from us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He did sodomy really hard <laughs> In order to become a billionaire. Just
2: it's actually part of the law in Malaysia Their anti-sodomy laws It's like if you're a billionaire you get a pass <laughs>
1: What if that's the reason he keeps a low profile <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's nothing sinister no, He just knows he was, sodomy is illegal in Malaysia he, he
3: was willing to put in the emotional labor <laughs> In order to, <laughs> to Make these relationships And network of power work
1: mm-hmm. mm-hmm. thats oh, That'd be a great woke take Is like the corruption Is actually emotional labor So it's okay <laughs> that they get paid for it What's more emotional labor topping or bon- I mean, doing both is,
0: I think, the most emotional labor, you know? That's true. Being a switch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: I did forget to mention this is another BOC episode, so we should be more respectful to our billionaires of color.
0: <laughs> yeah, but how respectful, you know? I think we're giving the respect he needs. He's no Joe Loaf.
1: But so. All right. Uh,. 1968, he sets up X oil trading company, but 1969, he's able to buy an Indonesian offshore oil con- uh, concession after there was an oil strike there. And so we, we previously mentioned Soharto in Indonesia, again, famously corrupt regime. Uh, so he's able to get the Indonesian government to allow him to buy a stake in an oil concession. So again... We don't know for sure that there were kickbacks, but you have to assume something was going on here. But it's from these oil concessions that he's able to become a millionaire in the 70s. And uh, he, in 71, actually marries a woman who is like a, a Thai princess, oh. which is where his three children are all from this marriage they've since separated. Um, oh, really? I didn't
0: know they were separated.
1: I'm pretty sure, yeah. No. I think I think he's on his second wife now.
2: Really?
0: you yeah. got to keep them separated.
2: <laughs> i play that song, but I don't want to lose my place in Cotton Eye Joe. <laughs> do cut it. I'll cut it in, Andy.
1: <laughs> Andy's doing the essential work of providing the one drop yes. that people yes. have heard 100,000 times in their lives.
2: Uh, I want to I make it so that if you, you can recut this episode and get the entirety of Cotton Eye Joe. <laughs> <laughs> What? What? What is this? What is this remix? What? That's that's how the rednecks do it. That's the uh, that's the song. Listen, you want sex and violins, you get sex and violins. It's, it's I, a good
1: thing we're not trying to upload this episode to yeah. YouTube or yeah. anything. <laughs> <laughs> Any platform that notoriously pulls down copyrighted material. No, a yogi's how much only. How the song is left? Uh, we got three minutes thirteen
0: seconds.
1: <laughs> Steven, what, it, oh wait, no,
2: that's the length of the song. Sorry, we got uh,
1: about two minutes
0: <sighs> too long Steven uh, that's how 18 long we have
1: I'm just imagining somebody sitting down and taking the time to edit out four idiots talking just so that they could get <laughs> a song they could have just gone to Spotify and gotten immediately yeah,
2: yeah but this is commercial free <laughs> <laughs> the, cut, the cut and I joke mega get, get cut
1: the Billionaire's Podcast is a front for our commercial-free <laughs> streaming right. music yep. network. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Every episode has one song you can recut. <laughs> commercial-free. If you are willing to do the uh, the labor.
2: And we're putting... I'm putting $10 a month or whatever it is into Spotify so you can get four songs a month commercial-free.
0: The premium episodes have two songs.
1: <laughs> but so... Um, in uh, 69, we mentioned Ananda Krishnan gets a, a stake in an offshore oil uh, concession. Um, but in 74, this is where he really um, becomes a, a big shot. Because in 1974, Indonesia sets up the national oil company, Petronas. And Petronas is like extremely corrupt. I mean, it's it, again, it's a state oil company. It's, uh, we're going to get to its role in the Petronas Towers. Um, But, so, Patronus, he, uh, Ananda Krishnan advises the uh, uh, Minister of Finance, uh, Tenku Hamza, on creating the National Oil Company. Uh, Ananda Krishnan uh, is initially, like, is an advisor to it. He's actually the director of this Petronas from 1984 to 1986, but essentially he's, has a big role in the state oil uh, company, you know, the National Oil Company, Mm -hmm. while also being a private, you know, oil producer and all these things, so... Again, you just get a lot of information about you know what's going on with state policy regarding oil. You're able to... Um, he eventually becomes what's called an independent power producer, an IPP.
2: Wait, wait, this one's, this one's for our nerd listeners. Uh, when you're in Malaysia, the people with Patronuses are the Death Eaters. Huh? Huh? Come on, Harry Potter. <laughs> Come on, you all listen to it. You all read
1: it.
3: See, I, only thaw- I only thought that joke and then was like, you know, we don't have to. Well,
1: you someone asked to say it. All I know is Andy, sh- that's not funny. Just yesterday George H.W. Bush ran into a death eater. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what are you saying, Yogi? All I know is Sean said uh he's down with IPP. <laughs> yeah, you know me. <laughs>
1: Um, But so, also 1976, this is interesting, he advises the government on the takeover of London tin. The government nationalizes tin mining. And this is interesting because, as we mentioned, he's like working with an Australian engineer uh, in the mining sector. Mm -hmm. So it's just another thing where it's like there's very little information about it, but you have to imagine this guy made at least some money on his work advising the government about its takeover of a tin mining operation. That's not a takeover. This is a takeover. Um, oh, and also... 19- <laughs> so, by the 1980s, we know he's become a multimillionaire because he's actually, and this was interesting, um, the, the, the Freddie... coke
2: consumption in Malaysia went up? <laughs>
1: Uh, the Freddie Mercury movie just came out and somebody who like knows Ananda Christian is like trying to, you know, launder his bad deeds through philanthropy right, and put right. it out there that Ananda Christian was, quote, the brains and money behind the Live Aid concert uh, in 1985 where Freddie Mercury fra- famously performed. Wait, is that true? Uh, yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. I, I mean, well, the part about the money is true. The brains, <laughs> yeah, I don't sure, really sure. think so. Yeah. <laughs> But, so, yes, in 1985, Ananda Christian puts up uh, several million dollars to do the, the Live Aid uh, uh, charity uh, concert. And this is like... Most of that went into mic stands.
0: <laughs> Fred would run through those mic stands.
1: Um, but, yes, it is just something where it's like, Ananda Christian keeps, keeps a very low profile, but that is the one piece of information that is very easy to find about him. <laughs> it's like, yeah, he was involved in this uh, charitable thing that is now featured in a freddie mercury biography movie. Um, so in 1985 or sorry 1984 to 1986 he is the director of the patronus board again the uh, national oil company but by the 80s he's a multimillionaire off oil wealth. However, it's in the late 80s that he becomes a billionaire.
0: I also found that between 1982 and 87 he sold his power company, tajung energy to 1MDB in 2020... Well, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm rambling. Never yeah, mind. We, we'll, we'll get
1: to that. But yeah. yes, he does. He's involved in selling uh, power assets to 1MDB in a very shady cr- transaction Wait, let me that, think that, that we're about to get to. Yes. Uh,
0: he was a founding director of state oil giant Petronas, and mm-hmm. was a low-profile... Di- I'm so sorry. He was a low-profile director of the central bank, Bank Negara, between 1982 and 1987.
1: Yes, you're right. He was actually...
0: I try to say that sentence eight times audience. <laughs> <laughs> All of them failed.
1: You're going to get like seven cuts of Yogi like moving from word to right, word. Right, 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 right. The state director, oil Central Bank. <laughs> but yes, he was also the director of the Central Bank, which is like, I mean, it's another thing where it's like, there's a lot of uh, revolving door corruption going on here, where he's like director of the central bank. You said eighty-two to eighty-seven, mm-hmm. and you know, then he goes on to become a billionaire. So it's like you know, if fucking Alan Greenspan or whoever, if they became billionaires instead of just millionaires when they left government. Yeah. But uh, so what happens in nineteen eighty? So that's why
2: America's better is that our leaders are much more reserved mm-hmm. with their corruption. Mm-hmm.
0: The American billionaires seem to be the only ones with any restraint when it comes to money.
1: Yeah, they don't get greedy. <laughs> so, uh, Martha here, <laughs> I do like that Like we, we, we like launder our corruption through, mm-hmm. like, this is the proper way to do it. You just go to Washington, D.C., and you set up a private equity group called the Carlyle Group, which uh, launders its connections to government officials and former government officials. And for some reason, that's not illegal, so just do the not illegal version, right, and then right. that's how you have a less corrupt nation like we have.
2: I mean, that's, that's kind of what separates us from the uh, less developed countries is we've got like four more steps in between <laughs> the money, uh, <laughs> public officials. Those steps are
1: so important <laughs> to ensuring a responsive government. Our
2: founding fathers put all those steps in the Constitution.
1: <laughs> but so... Um, we mentioned Mahathir Mohammed again, just became the Prime Minister of Malaysia again, but he becomes Prime Minister for the first time in 1981. He has a very close connection with non and and uh, again, he becomes Prime Minister in 1981, and in 1988, he essentially makes non a billionaire, which is what he does, is he gives non monopoly to run the nationwide lottery for Malaysia. Uh, Malaysia is, um, uh, is it majority Muslim, or... St- yeah. It's a majority Muslim nation, so gambling is kind of a taboo thing there. Mm -hmm. So, Ananda Krishnan has monopoly to run the state lottery, and also in 1988, he gets a monopoly to run uh, numbers gambling and horse race betting. Right. So, essentially, he is all of the gambling for Malaysia is, like, going into his pocket in 1988, and this is entirely a concession from the government.
2: Ironically, there's a competitive license to sell the Board Game Monopoly in Malaysia. (laughs) (laughs) It's Uh, not just
3: assigned randomly.
2: Yeah, no. Anyone can sell a copy of the Board Game Monopoly.
1: (laughs) Oh, and I did want to quote uh, Ananda Krishnan one more time. Uh, This is from the Sydney Morning Herald. Ananda Krishnan says, quote, In Asia, personal relationships are important. But you cannot personalize diplomacy. Ooh. So these are the kinds of uh, uh, words of wisdom about how he was able to build a billion dollars through sheer corruption and government relations. Uh, All right. <laughs> uh, so basically. I hate this so much, by the way. <laughs> I just
0: want multiple drops, Andy. It's not that hard. <laughs>
1: We just want Floyd Mayweather talking Yes With brain damage With
2: multiple drops The
1: The tone of this song changes from beat to beat I hate you so much right now But so basically 88 he gets this like guaranteed revenue stream from gambling Apparently a lot of people would come from like China and other places to gamble in Malaysia Due to various government restrictions So this is like free money is This is where we it- introduce our new sponsor BetDSI.com <laughs> <laughs> According to the Comptown Reddit, that thing's a huge scam And you can't get your money out if you win anything <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: I'm pretty sure, yeah, those things oh, go uh, through the Caribbean You have to, uh, most gambling websites go through Like all these really shady, uh, like Caribbean really? shell well, companies Malaysia, yeah.
3: Malaysia has a bunch of rules about like if, for, At least for real estate if, mm-hmm. you, if you're a foreigner and you sell real estate in Malaysia You have to bank, it has to stay The proceeds have to stay in Malaysia Huh it's very difficult to get money out of
0: The money you make in Malaysia stays in Malaysia. Yeah.
3: Hmm. And maybe that way for gambling, too. I don't know.
1: But so, 88, he gets this huge uh, windfall from gambling. He gets, you know, the government to sign off on giving him the right to gambling revenues. And then he reinvests this into, essentially, the Patronus Towers. And uh, this whole thing is kind of ridiculous to me. So, I, I just want to take, like, kind of a long quote from the aforementioned Asian Godfather's book. Um, so, he... he <laughs> Get the quote with the voice. No. <laughs> he identifies uh, a 39-hectare site uh, in downtown... Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice, nice, nice. Eh? <laughs> I have since improved uh, yeah, from did. our uh, uh, Pinochet Sun episode. Um, in downtown Kuala Lumpur, uh, for a gargantuan real estate development, he went to an Argentinian-American architect with a remit that... Mata Mahathir the uh, then prime minister in 1992 would find irresistible the tallest building in the world. Ooh. Uh, two of them. Which was commit, which was uh, lined up with Mahathir Maha had the vision 2020 which was the idea to make Malaysia a developed nation by 2020 Oops. and then Joe Lowe had other ideas. Where did you come from? Where did you go? Where did you come from Jolo's like, instead of making Malaysia a developed nation, why don't we make it the coolest nation? <laughs> <laughs> you know, the you nation know, that pops the most bottles per capita. <laughs> you know what's
3: cooler than one world's tallest, tallest <laughs> tower? <laughs> Two world's tallest <laughs> towers.
1: But so, basically, yes... Uh, Ananda Krishnan goes to the Prime Minister, and uh, as part of this Vision 2020, he's like, hey, let's make the tallest building in the world. He also says the building will, in, the design will incorporate elements of Islamic architecture. Uh, again, quoting from the book, Mahathir was sold, and to this day retains a vast fishbowl-shaped private office at the top of one of the towers. Oh, wow. So part of signing off on this is he gets a giant office near right. the top of one of those towers. And it's... Blatant corruption. Fishbowl-shaped. That's yes. so odd. Mm-hmm and uh, we mentioned previously on the jolo episode when jolo I like to was imagine it has a little castle and the ground right in
3: right little right rocks. little pebbles yeah, yeah.
1: but uh, so uh, we we mentioned on the previous episode Joe uh when he was first starting out in malaysia like audaciously set up his offices here in the petronas towers just to like look exclusive and stuff but uh, so it's interesting where they make the Petronas Towers. Petronas, the state oil company, uh, also buys offices there almost immediately. Sure. So again, it's just like yeah. kickback to Ananda Krishnan. Right. And again, quoting from the book, uh, Krishnan ob- obtained the project site at a total cost of um, uh, the, the ringgit is the currency there, yes. I think. Uh, so 378 million ringgit but uh, private appraisers immediately valued the site at over one billion ringgit. He was able to borrow. So he was able to borrow against the independent valuations, and with Mahathir's support, bring in Patronus as a cash, inv- cash investor and anchor tenant. You know, original tenant. Right. The upshot was that the Godfather, or uh, that Krishnan, obtained forty-eight percent of a real estate development that was capitalized at one point three billion ringgit without ever having to use his own money. Wow. He then called in Japanese and Korean construction companies to put it up, and so. It's pretty interesting where, as we just mentioned, he's able to buy it vastly undervalued, yeah. state land undervalued. He's able to get the state oil company to come in and set up and pay him rent. He's able to give the prime minister a private office there. And then what happens is the Petronas Towers start 1992. They're completed in 1998, right when the Asian financial crisis hits. So the other thing that happens in 1998, because he's like... Heavily exposed to the Asian financial crisis because he has like foreign holdings, right. he gets the prime minister to uh, buy uh, the the patronus buys out his stake right when the Asian financial crisis hits and frees up all his capital. What yep. luck! <laughs>
0: okay, this part I do like. All right.
1: But, uh, so, moving on. So, 1998, you know, he sells his stake back to the uh, state of Malaysia. Again, he makes a very healthy profit on this. And he's also bailed out of his uh, uh, foreign currency holdings during the Asian financial crisis. But he takes his money that he made from these Petronas Towers and then goes into um, the satellite and the telecom um, industry. So, basically, uh, what, what happens is he gets... He again panders to Mahathir, the uh, then Prime Minister of Malaysia, the the fantasies about developing Asian uh, uh, Malaysia, the media industry. So, um, again, quoting from the book, assisted by government subsidies, he put uh, Ananda Krishnan put Malaysia's first satellites into orbit. He set up production companies to make wholesome Malay language programming devoid of quote Western influence, nice. but mixed in with these high tech, morally wholesome undertakings were businesses yielding great profits. Krishnan obtained exclusive licenses that made him the preeminent player in cellular telephones. He cornered the only bit of the satellite television market that is seriously profitable supplying imported chinese language programming to malaysia's chinese population and he received further cash investments from government companies state investment agency kaz kazana national put up u.s 260 million dollars for 15 percent of his satellite business so essentially through government subsidies and licenses he's able to launch what is still malaysia's only uh satellite tv network malaysia's only satellites and uh, and also gets his uh, a cellular, t- cellular telephone operation
0: going. I'm hearing hard work, Sean. All I'm hearing <laughs> is this man
1: is a hustler. This man gets it done. And so I guess we can kind of circle back to IMDb here now. <laughs> I mean, 1MDB. <laughs> <one laughs> <laughs> his biggest credits. 1MDB uh, credits. I'm giving like that transition the, one star. Yeah, <laughs> uh so we we've mentioned a fair bit on the previous episode uh tim leisner is a goldman sachs banker he's pleaded guilty to foreign corrupt practices act violations money laundering he will be sentenced in january 2019 uh we will see if they kind of like make him a patsy for all of goldman sachs or if he actually goes up the chain and hopefully gets you know gary Cohn or one of these people but we'll see on that but so Tim Leisner, the Goldman Sachs banker, before he met Joe Lo, actually had a very close relationship with Ananda Krishnan. Uh, so, in 2000, uh, I'm quoting from the Whale book, "A uh, Billion Dollar Whale." In 2002, Goldman Sachs sold shares for a Malaysian cell phone company owned by Ananda Krishnan. Uh, the 800 million dollar IPO was the largest offering in Asia that year. So, he runs uh, the IPO for Ananda Krishnan's cell phone company, again, en- enabled by subsidies and licenses from the Malaysian government. But the one other thing from this book, which we kind of mentioned previously, is uh, Tim Leisner is a relationship banker who was uh, having sex with the country of Malaysia. <laughs> relationship <laughs> banking. Yes. A relationship banker. Not sodomy, though, because that would be illegal. <laughs> Stores That's <right>. it away. <laughs> I like the idea of like compliance officers of Goldman Sachs in Malaysia being like, uh, yeah, no Foreign Corrupt Practices Act violations and uh, no sodomy. <laughs> uh, don't talk about sodomy over email. <laughs> you have to talk about it in person because we could get subpoenaed. But again, quoting from the book, during the IPO for this uh, Astro. Uh, Tim Leisner had begun a romantic liaison with the chief financial officer of Astro during negotiations for the IPO. The relationship, which was not hidden, led rival bankers to complain to Astro's chief executive that it gave Goldman Sachs an unfair advantage. After an internal complaint, Goldman launched an investigation, but Leisner denied any involvement with the woman and Goldman dropped the matter. So again, how he was able to get the uh, Astro IPO... Uh, was relationship banking. Right, right. Actually He's fucking... He's giving lover. Oh yeah? oh, yeah? Fucking the CFO of Astro in order to get an $800 million IPO. Looks
0: like this Goldman Sachs needs to go to Sachs Fifth Avenue. But so... He needs to buy a purse. I don't know. I was trying to do like a relationship banker
1: bit. I didn't really work out. <laughs> <laughs> buy it for the uh, first lady of Malaysia. <laughs> Which you would eventually do. So, Tim Leisner has this existing relationship with non Krishnan. Tim Leisner then meets Joe Lowe and is the one who wants to do this bond raise for 1MDB where there's corruption and kickbacks that he has just pleaded guilty to. So, Tim Leisner, you know, probably puts the two of them in contact, Joe Lowe and non Krishnan, or is at least an intermediary because of his relationship with both of them. But what happens is 1MDB, around 2012, right around the time they do this bond raise with Goldman Sachs, Ananda Krishnan... Um, 1MDV buys $2.7 billion, uh, well, they pay $2.7 billion for power plants owned by Ananda Krishnan in 2012. Uh, these are, like, heavily overvalued, but then the weirdest thing happened, and this is from the Sarawak Report, um, is, a, a yeah you know, the Sarawak Report is an um, a independent journalist who writes about corruption in Malaysia, and she writes this article that basically points out that what happened is They, uh, the one MDB buys these overvalued power plants from Anandakrishnan. Uh, they overpaid by as much as 2.5 billion, uh, ringgit. But just four days later, Anandakrishnan transfers a comparable amount of money right back to one MDB in secret accounts. So they overpay by, you know, several two billion dollars. And then they, um, four days later, receive that two billion dollars back from him. So it's like clearly there's money laundering or corruption or something going on here where it's like, what the fuck is is happening? Yeah. But we've, we've kind of mentioned where we might not get to know because this guy, Mathahir Mohammed has just become prime minister again and he's in charge of the 1MDB investigation. So there's a question of where it will stop if they'll actually look at Ananda Krishnan's role in this uh, uh, graft. Um, but yes, it's just kind of like a very weird story as to why... They uh, uh, overpaid for these assets and then got the money right back from him.
0: Yeah, that's nuts. That's uh, that doesn't make any sense at all.
1: Yeah, and uh, the other thing that happened is, uh, according to the Whale Book, uh, not be Dick <laughs> billion dollar whale. Uh, in return. Companies linked to a non-decretion secretly made donations of 170 million US dollars to 1MDB's charity arm. We mentioned this on the previous episode. 1MDB's charity arm was mainly a vote buying operation for the Prime Minister, uh, Najib where essentially they would just do projects in order to get votes in various regions. Sure. So after this deal where there's like the overvaluation and the overpay, which he secretly transfers back for some mysterious reason, he also makes a big contribution to 1MDB's very corrupt vote-buying charitable arm. Again, used to not only do projects to get votes, but just simply to pay off kickbacks to politicians in Malaysia. So it is just something where we will see if any more comes out to light but the the fact that his friend the prime minister is in charge of this investigation leads you to think that maybe this will just kind of stop without engulfing him yeah that sounds about right
0: low-key billionaire continues to make money off corruption Mm -hmm. doesn't get stopped because no one knows where he's staying currently
1: Mm -hmm. and then the one other thing that happens is in 2016 uh ananda makes a strange loan a large loan to 1mdb to keep it afloat as it's like right about to collapse and there's questions like, because at this point, I believe India had an arrest warrant from him. If he was like talking to Najib or whoever in the government and being like, hey, I'll help you out with one MDB, but you have to protect me from this India case, this uh, uh, prosecution there. Right. And in 2018... Um, one mdb even though it is like completely insolvent paid back his loan so it's it's just kind of weird we don't Very really odd, yeah. i mean we don't know what's going on but uh we we see. do know
0: they're fucking us somehow <laughs> they 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 figure out how to fuck over the malaysian population and parts of the india population and they're doing it it's pretty obvious the information's not there because they're hiding it from us
1: um, but, uh, Yogi, you read a little bit about this, uh, air cell Maxis, because basically mm-hmm. from, from what I know is that Anandakrishnan, he made a bunch of money in cell phones in Malaysia, and then he was one of the people who wanted to go into India and, you know, make a bunch of money serving cell phones to the, the one billion people there, and then he got caught up in, like, a corruption scandal, and he lost a bunch of money and is being in- investigated or charged criminally.
0: Yeah, so, uh, in India they have a, a handful of, uh, mobile operators, and uh, one of the largest one is Airtel, which is a different one than the one we've been talking about currently. But it is um, run by, uh, it's it's one of the biggest ones, and it's run by the uh, Mittal people, mm-hmm. which is uh, the iron, it's a, so, um, the M- Mittal family is like one of the richest Indian families. We'll do an episode about them eventually. But they run a lot of iron. But anyway, so the company we're talking about today is AirCell. So they're, they're just a blade knockoff of AirTel. It's uh, it's India's cricket wireless, if you will. Mm-hmm. And um, our billionaire... Was un-
1: that also introduced by British colonialists? <laughs> right, right,
0: right. Uh, being a hack was introduced by the Brits. Um, so the AirCell Maxis case... Uh, the company that's run by Ananda is uh, Maxis, and they bought a 74% share of Aircel, essentially acquiring it in 2006. But then the CEO of Air Aircel in 2011 complained to the CBI, which is like India's CIA, that uh, his arm was twisted to sell his stake to maxis and so the indian government then was like all right we got to figure out what's going on here and so this court case has been going on since uh, 2011 and it's i mean the thing is is that it's such a high profile case because it's something where the corruption is literally involving uh, billions of rupees mm-hmm. so it's not a you know that guy said that guy fucked me over go get his money tomorrow so th- that's why it's been, been taking so long but essentially um our billionaire can just jet set and enjoy his life without threat of the Indian government uh, arresting him because he just has enough money to just say, fuck y'all, I don't give a
1: shit. Mm Mm-hmm. But he did lose, like, 5000000000 billion-something oh, yeah. U.S. in this, because, like, Aircel went bankrupt, I guess. Because yeah. he was saying there's, like, so many cell phone providers in India that there were people who were just, like, giving shit away for free, or so basically.
0: Yeah, I mean, essentially, to become the biggest cell phone operator of a billion people is a lot of money. So there's a whole bunch of people trying to uh, become number one, but in that battle... Uh, there's a whole bunch of companies losing out, and AirCell is clearly one of them. Mm Because it's like, you know, you wouldn't go to uh, an American mobile operator that was called BTBT. You know what I mean? Like, you'd you'd be like, no, we'll we'll go with AT&T. So uh, it's one of those things where, yeah, he lost, I think, like $5 billion on this uh, whole thing.
1: And then, like... I remember it was kind of a complicated structure but he like transferred ownership to what it was an India's minister of finance or like some shares yeah, to so, that and another billionaire who was involved in India
0: yeah in 2017 this case got been more open because the oh, I think it was like the central treasury or something like that I can't remember what the guy's position was but essentially one of the guys in the Indian government was basically being charged with the uh, supervision of this uh, transaction, essentially. Essentially, the Indian government found found a guy to uh, say you're you suck.
1: <laughs> but uh, excellent
0: reporting by Yogi Polywell.
1: <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so it's like again, we don't have a complete picture of how this guy got his start, but it's pretty clear. Like by the 70s, 80s, he was like very much just sucking off the teat of a uh, government, completely different from how billionaires yeah. operate. <laughs> Operate globally. Speaking of the Uh,
0: 80s, though, I want to talk about this guy's kid real quick. Oh, yes. Because uh, he's got three children with his first wife, two daughters and one son. And uh, literally nothing's known about uh, his two daughters. One of them might have married a French... Uh, I think politician.
1: One, one of the daughters is a doctor in England. Okay, and then the other the other daughter is like the only one he's still like close to, or might take over his business. Gotcha. And apparently, he like vacations with her and his current wife in France.
0: Yes, uh, I think she might be the one who's linked to some French uh, politician. But his son. In 1989, visited this uh, Thai. Ty- um, She's ludic- linked to
1: Marine Le Pen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in
0: 1989, this guy, this guy was 18 years old. His uh, another son. Uh, uh, you can Google his fucking name, mm-hmm. and um, he visited this monastery. That's that- right, assholes who
2: <laughs> <laughs> listen to this podcast to learn about billionaires. Why don't you learn Google? Yeah, damn shit? <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, that's how we're going to sound by, like, episode a thousand. <laughs> That's how I sound now. Listen, jerk off. <laughs> <laughs> you got the internet. You fucking yeah. figure it
2: out.
0: <laughs> it's not our job to fucking teach you. Come on. You don't even know this fucking name. Anyway, so this cat, he's 18 years old, and uh, he decides to become a monk for two weeks when he's 18. And uh, he is now 47 years old, and he's been a monk for the last 30 plus years. Uh, <laughs> no one no
3: one becomes a monk for just
0: two years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but his mother is a Thai, and so he... He uh, was linked to this monastery th- via his th- Thai roots, and so...
2: So he hasn't had sex in like 30 years?
0: Well, I think he can fuck. I don't know if he... Oh, I
2: was going to say, it sounds like he's all-powerful.
0: No, but you know what, though? I love this dude, because his literally, his dad's a billionaire. His life is just being a monk most of the time, and then every now and then, he like one of the things he did is, for his father's 70th birthday, he got a private jet to France, and it's like, yo, his life is being a monk, and then every now and then, he rides a private jet <laughs> to go to a billionaire's birthday party. Like, I could live, that's like one of those, like, one day as heaven, a hundred days as hell type of questions. It's like, be a monk, and then every now and then take a jet to a billionaire's birthday party. Yeah, I could live that life.
2: Yeah, yeah, he was like, and also he was, uh, uh, before we started recording, uh, Sean was watching some of his videos where he talks about, like, you know, living spiritually with family, and it's got these really weird, but... Um, clearly well-funded CG <laughs> videos of literally just a woman taking care of her baby. Oh. And it's like, oh, wow, he got he got some real spiritual money to... Sure,
0: sure.
1: I did think this. it was weird in that video where he was like, using the power of your mind, you can fly anywhere <laughs> on a Gulfstream 4.
0: <laughs> That's the thing about this guy. It's interesting is that he's... You
2: can fly anywhere with... The communications off into the indian ocean and no one will ever find you using the power of your mind
0: he's like he's been in this he's been a monk with these people for 30 years but he still has the british accent he picked up from Mm -hmm. childhood which i just find very funny that like for 30 years you can live among people that don't sound at all like british people and yet still if you got that money in your blood Eventually, you'll just be like, "Yeah, cheerio. Love is beautiful.
1: <laughs> the English boarding <laughs> <laughs> schools <cheery>. work." <laughs>
0: <laughs> Please, sir, could I not have another? The Buddhist ways teach me to not to not uh, waste.
1: But yeah, maybe we'll put his uh, son's video that you can find on YouTube about the power of love and how love is more powerful than money, which is uh, easy to say when you're Your inheriting body. five Your billion body is dollars worth
3: more than any. <laughs> amount of money i think he says that, like that. yes yeah.
1: he says your parents gave you a body in life which is worth more than any amount of money and funding for this video <laughs> your parents gave that to you
2: with the exception of all the bodies you can buy with that much money <laughs> yeah
1: it's true i don't think the bodies are really worth that much more than 100k <laughs> Um, but so. If you're John McAfee, you can drop a body for $5,000. <laughs> <laughs> well, he knows value. <laughs>
3: QF let the bodies hit the floor. <laughs> uh,
0: we're at an hour.
1: Yeah, so we're wrapping up here, but I do just want to highlight uh, uh, one other case and then just one miscellaneous thing we missed from the, uh, the episode last week. So another thing that's going on with Ananda Krishnan, though he's recently resolved it, but he had a, um, a dispute with an Indonesian billionaire named Mokta Riyadi, who we'll a uh, future episode about. But they started a partnership in early 2005 with Ananda's Astro, the satellite TV entry, uh, going into a joint venture for pay TV with um, uh, a subsidiary that was owned by Mokta Riyadi. Uh, but it turned hostile within a couple years, uh, and I'm just quoting here from uh, StraitsTimes.com. Uh, uh, allegations of embezzlement and fraud broke out, plus charges that unauthorized payments were made to a family member of a former Malaysian premier. <laughs> Relations are so bad that three employees of Ananda's business division in Jakarta had to flee the country for fear of being oh my arrested. God. <laughs> So basically, like, they started a partnership for pay TV, and then it uh, fell apart, and then Ananda's people had to, like, get the fuck out of the country because they were afraid they were going to be arrested because this Indonesian billionaire has, like, connections to the government. But so what happens is he gets the final fuck you, Ananda Krishnan does, because, uh, again, quoting from this, the turning point came in April 2007 when Ananda's uh, Maxis bought out uh, Lipo's... Or uh, sorry, bought out uh, mocked out Roddy's Lipo is his company. Uh, bought out uh, Roddy's remaining forty-four percent interest in the venture. Two months later, Ananda uh, sold a twenty-five per, uh, percent interest um, to Saudi Telecom for a staggering U.S. three billion dollars, three point zero five billion dollars. And so then uh, Roddy, <coughs> Roddy sued uh, Riadi sued him, basically because what happened was. He bought out Riyadi's stake and then immediately resold it for like a ton of money to, Sa- to a Saudi to Saudi telecom. Mm-hmm. So Riyadi sold, uh, sued him being like, hey, hey buddy, you, yeah. you had this buyer lined up and you lied to me. And then you bought my stake and fucked me out of right, all this money. Right. Uh, which again, they're both billionaires. So it's like, whatever. But uh, it, this worked his way through the courts. And eventually um, Ananda Krishnan, I believe, was vindicated. Uh, but it is just kind of an interesting thing where you see another little slice of corruption in his business empire. Yeah. Um,
0: He's an absconder.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but so I wanted to get to uh, one fun thing we missed from uh, the Joe Lowe episode, which was uh, from the book, Billion Dollar Jolo. Whale. Billion Dollar Whale. Um, it, it, as the Joe Lowe fraud was falling apart, he flew out to Clin- Clinique La Prairie. Uh, in Switzerland. It's a clinic in Switzerland, which is like a week-long spa and relaxation where for $30,000, quoting from the Billion Dollar Whale, for $30,000, the clinic offered a week-long revitalization program during which patients were fed an extract derived from the livers of fetuses of black sheep. And it's like, you read all this like paranoid Illuminati shit And then you read the real shit And it's worse <laughs> <laughs> You're like yeah no That's what billionaires are doing When they're like fraud is collapsing <laughs> They are relaxing by eating fucking sheep fetus Oh yeah What's even funnier about that though Is like you know it's it's got sort
2: of that Illuminati thing But it's like if the Illuminati were getting scammed
0: <laughs>
1: Um But so we will see how things uh, shape out with uh, Ananda Krishnan. Again, heavily involved in the 1MDB scandal, but as we've mentioned a hundred times here, the former prime minister made the guy a billionaire, and now he's the current prime minister. So this friend who watched his kids, who he made a billionaire, clearly knows where some of the bodies are buried uh, likely as long as Matahir mohammed is prime minister of malaysia they're going to try and limit ananda krishnan's exposure to the 1mdb corruption scandal um, but just uh, random facts from reuters about ananda krishnan he's an avid collector of modern art and he spends most of his time off the south in the south it just of means he's getting ready to launder money <laughs> <laughs> That's what we learned
2: from the jolo episode is that if you have and the Met yeah, episode the Met, is yeah, that yeah. like if you ha- or if you're a collector of art that just means like if you need money in a sense, you've got yeah. some yeah you've got some collateral i've got
0: some uh, got fluid some liquid assets. assets yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: looking at like a sculpture sideways being like look at the way this piece accentuates my portfolio <laughs> <laughs> i mean that
0: is exactly what it is though
2: yeah that's uh, that's picasso's legacy is that yep. picasso and warhol it's like it, it it's it's your um shit hits the
1: fan money mm mm-hmm. mhm but yeah so apparently like he spends most of his time in the south of France he only visits uh, Kuala Lumpur occasionally but he has like a business manager who he like abuses and the the Asian Godfather's book tells an anecdote about like him calling this guy all the time at one point like this guy goes but it's 3 a.m. over here and he just goes that doesn't matter (laughs) (laughs) so basically that's how you be a billionaire is just get somebody to do all of your work 24 hours (laughs) while you are using your personal relationships with the Malaysian government
0: there's another story about Uh, the day his daughter was getting married and that guy had a request and he was like, on the day my daughter has a (laughs) request. Keep going, Yogi. (laughs) On on the day of my daughter's wedding. I don't know the quote, I just realized. (laughs) That's all I know. I've never seen The Godfather. I've just seen parodies of it. On
2: this, the
1: day of my daughter's wedding. (laughs)
2: It's not a stereotypical Asian accent. It's a Viceroy from uh, Star Wars.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Trade Federation.
1: Yeah. (laughs) On this, the day of my daughter's wedding, you see like a laundry room operating in the background. (laughs) 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 Like three people ordering dim sum. (laughs) All right. Well, is uh, that everything? Yeah, I, I think it's I basically have, it. I have
2: one last thing to say. Yes. Mm-hmm. Spent about half of this episode on the Wikipedia page for tallest buildings in the world, and it mm-hmm. turns out, well, the Patronus Towers used to be the tallest, not anymore, in the world. <laughs> now they're even shorter than one World Trade Center. Oh, uh, SMDB B- New York, baby! <laughs> All right, on on that, this has been Grubstakers. I'm Andy Palmer.
0: I'm
1: Yogi Boyle. Steve Jeffers. Uh, I'm Sean McCarthy. Uh, I will be out next week going back to visit Brazil to uh, continue a Twitter fight with Glenn Greenwald in person. Nice. (laughs) Um, But uh, uh, the rest of the gang will be doing the episode next week. And I should just mention, it is bullshit that One World Trade put that giant fucking tower at the top and counted that as the highest. Shut the fuck up, Sean. New York, baby. New York. Patronus is still the taller building. Thanks for listening.
3: Them up, it's uh, close. Yeah,
2: they haven't finished the second one. I forgot to ask if there's a Patronus Tower 7. That was a good point, None of them have been hit by me.